Welcome to Lighting Our Way, a podcast of Uganda Christian University's Standard Newspaper. Here, we hear stories of self-reflection, removing the log in our eyes so that we may see the light and transform our world. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to our podcast. My name is Kefa Senoga and today with me here I have uh, Mr. Padin Sovia, a writer and UCU alumni and uh, he will briefly talk about himself. So you're welcome Mr. Sovia. Uh, briefly tell us about yourself. Thank you very much Kefa. My name as he has told you, I'm Padin Sovia. I'm a journalist. I work with the Vision Group of Companies, specifically in Ibukede newspaper. I'm also an alumni of UCU. I'm also a writer, and I have written about four book titles. One is Sewing. Sewing has a Uganda version called Chosiga. It is about funny things that take place in school. Some of you have ever done something fun at school. Those are the things we have brought in this book. It is funny. It is a novel which you can read in your free time, but it also it is also educative, inform, informative, and entertaining. Um, I have also written another novel called The Agony. It, it also has a Uganda version called uh, Kabate. It is about young men leaving school and going into the job market. But what do they find there? Some quickly get jobs, but at the cost, at a cost, Behind those jobs are hidden agendas. When you read that book, you will see why Mary was quickly getting jobs, jobs. But at the end of the day, she was finding troubles with the jobs she scoped earlier. So the book tries to, to give you a picture of what life is in the workplace and how young men should be careful. Another book is about agriculture. It is also written in a journalistic style. It has various crops written about and animals. We describe it to you how you can get an acre of maize, how you can get land, what you can produce, how you can produce and uh, how much you can get. And we try also to look at the market prices. Though they change, but we do speculate that it can be like this. It is called News on the Farm. It also has a Uganda version called Esanyuriomlimi. Then finally, I have written The State of the Media. This one concerns issues to do with the journalists and the media industry. Uh, it also has the history of the media industry. And it tries also to picture out how our news media industry looks like and what it should look like. It is under review and we expect to launch it next year around May during the celebration of the World Press Freedom Day. Briefly, those are the few books I have tried to write out. Okay. So earlier on, as we had an interruption, you told me that uh, you made many attempts to write before, but they all, all were futile and uh, you yes. were not successful earlier on. So what are those, uh, maybe you can tell us, how, how were you able to eventually achieve uh, uh, your writing and uh, you've been able to come up with four books? I think it is about uh, experience accumulating. 
the first book I tried to write, I wrote about 14 pages. I was writing about a drunkard who was always shouting in the village. Mm. But the story was so vague. And when I took it to my elder brother to read through, he told me, you should write it again. I wrote it again. He told me it is not even readable. So I gave up. I picked up another interest to write. I had listened to a story on the radio. They were reading a book. They were reading a book about, its title was, its title was uh, Things Fall Apart, one written by Chino Achebe. So I picked interest to write again. But when I wrote, again I, I failed. I took to the teacher. The teacher took the copy, he did not return it. I gave up. I then tried another one. Now I was at the university. I failed and lost it. But the urge was still there to write. Mm -hmm. Finally, when I went to the New Vision, I think it sharpened me, especially Bukede. Mm -hmm. I saw how they write stories, how they organize them, how they choose titles, mm -hmm. how they select materials that are nice to read. Mm -hmm. And when I tried another attempt, I came out with that book, The Agony. Mm -hmm. And when I took it to readers to read, they told me it was such a nice book. Mm -hmm. And that is how finally I picked it up. Okay. So um, normally writers, you get feedback from your readers. Yes. What kind of feedback have you been getting over the years as you've been writing these books? Feedback from the readers. Readers have appreciated the books mm. and they have told me, asked me to publish. And that is what I'm struggling now to do. Yeah. Because the publishing industry has not been so easy in Uganda. Mm. When you write, you have to invest in money yourself to publish. The few copies I have printed have been all bought out. But when you think of publishing, as a, an individual to satisfy the need of the population, you may not finish up. Okay. Mm. So I noticed that most of your books, are, the first version is always in the local language, yes. and that is Luganda. Mm. Then you always make a second version of yes. the English of the English version. Mm. How is that kind of experience translating the book from from Luganda to English? How do you find it? Is it a, an easy or kind of difficult? It can be difficult to some people, but mm. I happened to do literature yeah. at Oliver. And at Oliver I did Luganda. Oh, that's, that's So, great. to me it is not so difficult. Mm -hmm. And also I work on people's documents. Some bring documents to be translated into English, some bring me documents to be translated into Luganda. Mm. So, doing that work, also makes it easier for me when I write something to translate it quickly. Mm -hmm. But in both languages, I can do it easily. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you earlier on as well, as we were discussing some, you told me that uh, you have a writer's association with your colleagues and um, mm -hmm. one of your goals is to empower some of the young people yes. to, start up, to start up writing and so. What maybe you could uh, throw more light about that association and how you're going to 
be able to help out the younger people, young writers? So the Writers Association, Association mm. is an organization, is a community-based organization we set up, we set up with another alumni. His name is Peter Magala. He's currently a lecturer at Limkowing University, that university in Namataba. The purpose was to help young writers come up with their talent and develop them, and also to try to get market for their products, because we found it difficult to market with big publishers. Yet, we had tried and saw that within the community, one can write and get something little. And from that little one can pick interest to accumulate more experience, then or make win awards and be able to publish his or her work. So, writers organization organizes launches. When you write a book, we go through it, we correct it. If we see that something is lacking, we tell you to add it in on. If not, if it is proper, we do organize a launch. We find we found that everybody has got friends who can pick interest in his work and relatives. Usually we have started with those little closer people to pick market. And at the launch, we do write to them, we invite them to the launch, and they appreciate the work done by the writer. And that has made some writers courageous to write more and to look to wider and bigger markets. Mm. One of the issues I've noticed, and uh, other, people's, uh, other people have also noticed, is that young writers from university, journalism students, mm. uh, when they go into the newsrooms, uh, I'm asking you this as an experienced print journalist, mm. what's your view on that? When they go into the newsrooms, you find that they, they don't they live after a very short period. They can't be able to withstand the kind of pressure that mm. is in the newsroom. And uh, this has uh, happened even in print, print kind of uh, newsrooms, mm. let's say like where you work, a new vision. Yes. What do you think could be the problem? Why, why are these young writers giving up at a very early stage? Uh, there are some reasons which are good enough. Mm. Uh, first, it may be the training because from the first day we are trained, we are told that there is pressure in newsroom. If you are somebody who suffers from heart attacks, you may not contain pressures in the newsroom. And indeed, there is pressure. You may find that a page was drafted in the morning, but one hour to the printing time, it is all pulled out reporters are sent back in the field, editors are put on tension to produce another. And usually it is not one, they are about four. The newsroom is something that changes every minute. There is pressure. But if you can contain it, you can work there. Another thing is that comes from the training itself. If students don't receive practical training, at the at school or at universities, practical like there are universities and institutions which don't have uh, small newspapers and studios. They offer theory, 
when students come from such institutions to come to the newsroom, they even get shocked at the environment and they cannot make it. One need to be prepared right from the training institute to fit in a newsroom before getting to the newsroom. One problem with the newsroom, they are, they are not trainers. Editors are busy, much as they receive interns and new workers. They have no time for them because even them, their bosses are on them to produce work for the next day. Unlike other professions like law, education, journalism is different. Every day you have to produce something new. Every day you have to come out with something new. So those people may not have time for learners. Learning is at school. That is why new entrants usually fail. But those who come with at least some knowledge mm -hmm. do manage the pressure okay. and can find it proper. So it, it is about the institution that train journalists. Okay. So speaking about the newsroom and the young people coming in and maybe you as you can try to give us your experience as a young person going into new vision, starting up, how was, briefly you can tell us, how was your experience? Did you also feel that at one point you wanted to give up and move out or you were focused and determined? Uh, only what I found that this, the place was so strange. Mm -hmm. Everybody was, to me, was very experienced. And, but I quickly picked up because they did not have to suffer a lot with me. By the time we left, by the time I went for internship, we had been introduced to computer. We are used to computers. Mm -hmm. That is the time when many newsrooms still had no computers. Mm -hmm. They could write on papers and use typewriters. Okay. But when we went to the new, when I went to the newsroom, mm -hmm. I I was computer literate, mm -hmm. and I was typing stories for some more powerful reporters, mm -hmm. and I could edit them because we had also done editing. Mm -hmm. So I quickly got friends. Mm -hmm in the newsroom mm -hmm. and I was able to fit there and when the editor saw that I could type I could do, produce a story mm -hmm. typed mm -hmm. uh, yeah. he just told me I will not supervise you he just assigned me mm -hmm. go and start working mm -hmm. good enough our head of department was Mr. Elagot Benbella mm -hmm. And he was by then also a consultant in the new vision. He made arrangements that we fit there. Okay. He talked to our editors that I'm sending you my boys. Mm. Help UCU. them mm. from you see you. Help them. Yeah. We easily fit there. Mm. Okay. So I've been uh, uh, for the little view. I've I've just seen a bit of your books and. Uh, I'm also very interested in that state of the media because you, as a journalist, were able to to remember that you also had to write a book about your field and your profession, yes. and uh, it it could maybe have some controversial points. I don't know. I haven't gone so much into details about it, mm -hmm. but uh, if, to you, what impact do you think it can have on uh, maybe the policymakers and? Um, it should it should 
open out eyes of not only the policymakers but even trainees, young journalists coming up, mm. editors, mm. the government, yeah. and the general public. Mm. All, all players, all major players in the media industry. Mm. Major government. Because as long as government remains as it is now, mm. without giving media freedoms, the industry cannot shine. Mm. This so-called East African uh, community we are going in mm. cannot be interesting to us when our media in Uganda is handcuffed. Yeah. Even the president talks of African Union, African unity. Yeah. It cannot be mm. when we are handcuffed the book talks about those issues and how the media, Uganda's media, can shine. Like the media we hear about, the Kenyan media is doing well, but they are good medias, powerful medias like the BBC, the New York Times, the CNN. What do they do? You will find that it is they are income bases, especially for the local people, are strong. As long as local people cannot pay for media services, the media will have to struggle. Because we have a market of now 40 million, but you find that few people can advertise their businesses on radio. Yet there are shops everywhere, but those shops are fetching a little money. You find few companies can advertise in newspapers and TV. That makes even journalists paid less. And when many qualified journalists are paid less, they run away. And when you lose qualified people, the media doesn't grow. And you cannot keep them there as long as you cannot pay them. So that is why you hear that many radios use people, local people. A fisherman sees something, mm. he calls directly to the studio. Chaco Banners go to studios. Mm. And those are the reporters we have. Because those are, what, those are what, whom, those are people who can tolerate the situation. Yeah. And that is why the media is not growing. Mm. You may be surprised that uh, the largest selling newspaper is selling 40,000 copies the population of 40 million. Isn't that too little? Too little. Yet in Britain, a newspaper can sell a million copies every day. And in fact, journalists are more than members of parliament. They don't even think of going to members of parliament. They don't think to go to parliament. But in Uganda, every upcoming media personality will be looking at parliament. It shouldn't be like that. Mm. So those, those are the issues in the book. Mm. We also talk about ethics. Our ethics are majorly based on European ethics. But partly we have an African nature of ours which is not considered. That is affecting performance in the industry. When you read the book, when it is through, mm. I think it will be of interest mm. to journalists okay. and they can read it and do something.
to see that the industry improves. So uh, d- uh, debates are always there among the public about about how they want the media to be. You've heard of uh, the previous debates that have been going on because of this newly law that is here in Uganda, the Computer Misuse Act and so on. So uh, for you, I want to hear your view as an experienced journalist who is in the field, who has been there for years, what kind of media would, would you want to see in Uganda? I know there are so many bad things that you actually seeing in the media and you may not like them. So what kind of new media in a, a democratic country, what kind of media would you want to, 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 to have, to work in? First of all, the problem arises from social media. That is why they are bringing in the Computer Misuse Act. But the effects spread to the mainstream media. I don't think a law should be brought that cuts across interests of mainstream media. Because in that law, when you say that uh, whoever gets news or gathers news must, must seek permission, you cut off investigative journalism. And when you meet a corrupt man, you want to write a story, but you have to seek his permission. Will he give it to you? Where is the country going? He's already corrupt. What will he do? So the law was not brought in good faith. And it is actually promoting rot in society. The role of the media is to balance, to look at ills in society, point them out, for other players to act before rot affects the whole society. But now, media is being told not to play its role. The law was not brought in a good spirit. So it cannot help anybody. Much as social media has been doing things which are not right, that is not the way to handle. And you cannot, social media is, is like a mad person shouting on the road. You can hear what he's saying, but you cannot quote that person. That is social media. In my view, when social media says something, you just have to check yourself. I'm always on social media, but I rarely comment. You just have to check yourself. Then wait for something. If now mainstream media does something, then act. And in life, you cannot bring laws to control everything. You make life unbearable. Now you will hear laws. Whoever does not greet will go to prison. Whoever does not smile when the president is speaking, he's doing something wrong. Why don't you, you make him annoy, un- angry? You cannot bring laws to control everything. Other things are controlled by what we call qualities of integrity or ethics. That when you meet people, greet them. When you're in public, don't speak like that. Don't use those words. 
They are done. <laughs> they are controlled by character. Mm. Mm. Okay. But not laws. Okay, this has been a very interesting conversation. You wouldn't want it to end, but we have to come to an end. And uh, <laughs> I would like to thank you, Mr. Ansovia, for thank you very much. And, uh, yeah. thank, thank you for listening in, and this is our podcast. My name, once again, is uh, Kefa Senoga. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you have been inspired by the wisdom of self-reflection. Please Find us on www.standard.ucu.se.ug and share with others this message that lights our way.